As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome one and all to Knife Talk, the premier knife podcast. Anybody interested in knives? Don't be sad, 51 out of 52 ain't bad. We, we may have missed one, but we may be catching up. We'll talk about this later. We had a technical issue last week. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. You mean the lump issue? The lump the episode? Lump issue. The, the lump, lump episode? episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. Right. Um, well, how have things been? Mareko, how how are things? Uh, I mean, <laughs> other than the lump episode, the week's been good. Uh, today, I do my meeting just before we do the podcast. And uh, we, my wife and I had a good chat. We covered a lot of good ground. We got some cool stuff coming up. Um, I'm getting ready to go to Blade, Texas. Uh, so people have been Texas. asking me. Wow. Yeah, Blade, Texas. And I'm I'm trying to still figure out if I can swing Blade, Atlanta. Um, but uh, so we're just kind of like looking at the schedule and, and building plans um, and what we're trying to accomplish within those times. Try to be organized and stick to a solid timeline. A realistic timeline. I have a problem with being realistic about timelines. <laughs> uh, but yeah, otherwise it's been good. Uh, I do have one thing of note that I'd like to share. Uh, sure. It is our friend Gabe Fletcher of Anchorage Brewing Company. Uh, he's also Anchorage Forge on Instagram. Go check him out. Go get his beers. They're fucking amazing. Uh, but he brewed a special beer. Uh, that's going to be kind of like a fundraiser to help with Jason Knight uh, and, oh, cool. and those guys with the, the whole fire situation. He's been posting up art. If you go to Jason Knight's page, you can see some of the artwork. It's made by this guy named Massive Face. He does really incredible art um, where he ter- basically turns people into zombies, and I love it. Um, but the beer is going to be – it's going to be available up in Anchorage first, February 3rd. And then it's going to be available for people to buy through uh, the, a third-party app called Tavor, T-A-V-O-U-R. 
and uh, and that's going to be February 10th. But I just want to start getting people thinking about it and excited about it. One, to help our buddy Jason Knight, but two, it's coming from Anchorage Brewing, so it's going to be fucking delicious. No matter what it is, they do not fail. Uh, so I just want to give a shout-out to our friend Gabe Fletcher, who's doing a super solid for our buddy Jason Knight. Cool. cool. Very nice. Yeah. Jeffrey, what's been going on? We are... Uh... We've been, this has been, January has been kind of a a fun month so far. We had uh, the Fader Knives crew, we had a Christmas party, late, late holiday party. Um, We went down to Chinatown in New York and we went to this great restaurant, Namwa, and David and Tony and and Allison came up from Philly and we all, we all had a great meal. It was really cool. But I tell this is, and this is maybe one person listens to this podcast will get this. It turns out that one of my, Radio Heroes lives in the area. His name's Ron Bennington. I may have even mentioned it before. Oh, I see him all the time. And and I we're on our way down to the train station and there's Ron taking a walk and I was Ronnie B. and I said Ronnie B and and he it was so cool. It's so nobody understands how weird it is. I've been listening to this radio guy for tw- for almost 20 years. And now he lives nearby. And I see him like often. And it's so crazy. It's almost like this it's almost like this weird, just bump into this guy all the time. So we had an awesome time. We had plenty of plenty to drink. Wait, we wait, had... just just a second, just a second. Wasn't it only last week, or or maybe next week in the future? Yeah. Who knows when this secret episode is coming out? Where you said New Yorkers are cool. If you see a celebrity, you just leave them alone. You're well, cool he's not. In, we're not. In, yes, that's correct. However, he's now. I've met him a few times, and we've ta- talked. So once you talk to someone, that means you say hello afterwards. You don't just talk to them and then pretend you don't see them. Like okay. if we've talked okay. a few times, and then if I bump into him again, I don't pretend like I don't see him. So you're that acquainted. Would be... It's not like you're total strangers. We're not total strangers. No, it's not like I'm just yelling at strangers in the street. Psychopath. I mean, however, <laughs> if we want to, you know, so that's good. And then um, I got, we got, uh, we have our new, we have the first new batch coming out in uh, February that I'm excited about. Uh, brand new stuff and Cosmic Drift. I've talked about it and I've just kind of, we worked out all the like, the, the production details and I made this thing I'm calling the chicken coop. Here's the funny thing about knife making. If you're doing a lot of knives, especially you're gluing them up, where do you put them all? Right? Isn't that a question that you glue up 20 knives, 50 <laughs> knives, where the fuck do you put them you all? You hang them drying? like mobiles. You need a system. A system. You need a system. So we f- I figured out this system because so, so there so I hated the fact that I would, I don't want to leave them alone. If a lot of knives, I would, you know, I'd have a table and they'd all be strung up like a, like a, you know, mountain of fucking glue. I hated that. So I made this thing and I, it was a long piece of wood, uh, two pieces of wood. And I drilled all these holes in it. And then every time everything gets glued up, I put it in and it looks like a chicken coop. So I'm calling it the chicken coop. So it, it nothing can fall off. Nothing. It, it, it holds everything while it's drying. And I'm like, this is, this is so much fun. All of a sudden, I'll be finding these dumb, I'm figuring out these dumb things, and every dumb thing I figure out, I'm so happy, like a little child. It's hilarious. <laughs> so the chicken, we're filling up the chicken coop. I'm going to have the chicken coop filled up with all these knives drying, and, uh, you know, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood, even though the lump episode was what it is, and we might as well <laughs> talk about the lump episode. We might as well. So last week, we, we recorded an episode. Um, we were plagued with technical issues, um, which meant we lost some tracks. Um, now, I 
Code Studios here. I have like a backup machine running, which is always recording. Um, I have a second one running, and it's also been recorded in the browser. So if ever we have any issues, I know I can always go to one of the backups. Problem we have with that is I've left my SD card reader in Wales, and, I, and the backups oh. are recorded to an SD card. I was like, oh, fuck. So I've ordered a new one on Amazon. It hasn't come yet. So when it does, I will have the file so that it's not completely lost. Um, it'll require some editing and so on, but I'll get the files back at least. Here's what's so going to we, be... We're calling it the lump episode because, you know, we were having technical problems, and every so often I would say, this is fucking lump. We're getting the lump. Anytime we have technical problems, it's called the lump. So we're going to play the lump episode, but we're not going to play it before this one, and I'm going to tell you why. There's one moment that I remember that I'm not going to tell you, Craig, because I'm afraid you're going to edit it out. And it's, <laughs> I'm so proud of this one moment that we'll talk about once the lump episode comes out. Oh. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to tell you about this. We're gonna, I'm not even going to say anything because I know you. You're going to edit okay. it out just to make okay. me look bad. Okay. So I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, but good. We, yeah, we, it'll it'll all come to fruition at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. last thing, last thing in regards to the lump episode. In order, because I because we have a lot of listener feedback, and a lot of feedback is what happened. <laughs> a lot of so we're gonna make it up to the audience with a bit at the end, and this could be in the after show, the free after show, the free after show, one hundred percent free after show. And this is the assignment, and I'm going to let you guys have the whole episode to think about it. You have to tell, because we owe the listeners, because we missed an episode, and one guy was like, what am I going to, how am I going to, how am I going to handle my drive? You know, now on Monday morning, what am I going to do? I'm going to listen to whatever. You guys have to come up with a juicy story that you have not told, or something that you're not really supposed to say. Okay? So at the end of the episode, you're going to tell a juicy story or a juicy detail because I already have one that's mm. I'm going to get in trouble for saying. And I'm going to okay. do it for the listeners, for the sake of the listeners. That's mm. the lump repayment. The lump repayment. That's it. Okay. I'll think of something, I'm sure. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, how, how was your week, Craig? <sighs> Shitty. Shitty. <laughs> oh, come on. What happened? Oh, is this – we're at that point of the year where, like, we just need to get through the next two months. Then spring is here and everything's good. It is freezing cold here. The house is super cold. The kids have been off sick again. Um, I have. I've been a bit sick too. We've been let down by builders again. It's just been one of those weeks. So let's let's just move on. There's nothing really, nothing really positive to say about this week. Um, yeah, let's crack on. Shall we do some questions? Whatever you want, Jeff. You know, can I ask ask you ahead. a question? Yes. So in the lump episode, right? And I'm not giving anything too crazy away. Go ahead. You did mention. That you had some special gifts or something that you had for the people for the oh, Christmas party. That I can and I was talk curious about. Curious if you yeah. can share that. So yeah, very excellent job, excellent job. So um, <laughs> excellent job. That was a good. I for, totally forgot. So I knew that we were going to have this Christmas party for the crew. So when I was in Barcelona over the summer, I brought back the parts for. I brought back the parts for for enough knives for my whole crew. And then, so, you know, Tomer and I have a collaboration. We're going to do another two, two sets of classes in June. Uh, you can go to Florentine Kitchen Knives. He's going to do a video. We got a video coming out soon. I don't know when it's coming out, but we're, I'm coming back in June. So I brought back the parts to make knives for the, for the, for the, for the crew. And mm. I used some of the colors from the Color Lab, from Neptune Sunrise Color Lab, for the, 
for the knives. So in the break, I made um, I made three knives for my crew, and then we sat down for dinner and sat down at the restaurant. We had a ton of food, and I gave everybody this culinary knife, and it was great. Everyone was super excited. The problem that I didn't foresee was we were walking down the street, and I said I was talking. I was talking to Tony and. David was ahead of us, and I'd given them the knives. And I didn't want to say to everybody, "Bring bags," because it's like, "What am I going <laughs> to?" You know? Wielding these knives. So, well, no. It, well, so I'm looking at David, and David just—he's got a coat on and stuff like that. I don't see—I don't see the knife, and I think to myself, "Oh, maybe he left the knife." So I yell on the street, "Hey, David, do you have your knife?" Everybody turned their head, and I was like, "Am oh, I? Am I? Am I mistake? My mistake?" And, and he just like—he like hits his chest. He's like, yeah, I got it. But it was very much like it was a mistake. It was a mistake mm. that I made being very talky. But the, uh, it, the you can <laughs> see them, the knives in the new Instagram reel I just posted about okay. the Christmas trip. We had a great Christmas party. Namwa dynamite dim sum. Answer questioned. Question answered. Nice, nice. So are these stacked handles like like Thomas or are they? So the they? so. Tomer and I, for the class we're teaching, we did a, a like a, con- a combination. So he, I sent him uh, the files for my K tip, and he kind of like mushed them together with the uh, stacked handle. So yeah, so mm. it's the K tip, but a little bit of change. He made a little bit of change, so it was a little bit more rounded. And then um, it, it's an awesome knife, actually. And if you do take the class at Florentine Kitchen Knives with me, and that's the only way you're going to get it. And cool. it's uh, actually a really, I have one, and I'm going to do another one when we get there. But it, the, everyone. It was, it was cool, and then I went to Bantam Tools, uh, Craig. I'm gonna go do so, spend a little bit more time with uh, Bree Pettis, yeah. Yeah. and we're, he helped me with the laser. He uh, Tomer sent me the laser engraving of the combination thing, and the guys at Bantam Tools. And I'm actually gonna uh, bring it up, and I'm gonna go. They're gonna let me use their raw, their industrial tumbler to try some samples of tumbling some steel. So oh, cool. I'm something I'm interested in. Nice. There you go. All change. Answers questioned. Questions answered. Questions answered. Well, let, let's do some from the filthy public just after this. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat because that will take you to Soul Ceramics. Um, and they've already got some in stock, pre-built, ready to go. You'll get $75 off uh, the normal list price and you'll get free shipping in the US. And those discounts will automatically be applied for you. So that link is down in the description, knifetalk.net forward slash heat. And it's been great to see a couple of our listeners this week do exactly that. And they've sent us screenshots of their order and so oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Very nice. Okay, shall we do some questions? Please. Okay. SBG Knives. He's contacted us on Instagram. We are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. And he sent us a lovely question. How do you price your work? Uh, do you price per inch of steel plus handle material used plus hours worked on? Or I'm still trying to figure out how to do a proper way to effectively price my work. Thanks, guys. Good question. We, yeah, we, we've handled this a few times, and I'm sure our answers have changed over time as well. So, yeah, it's a good one. Um, Mareko, let's start with you. How, are you. how are you pricing your knives? Pricing is hard, and I fucking hate it. I hate pricing <laughs> work. Um, I mean, for me, what I've done is basically I have a ba- – so – when he says by the inch, um, you know, some maybe somebody will charge like a hundred dollars an inch. But if somebody only wants a three-inch paring knife, but it's made out of maybe it's made out of mosaic Damascus and it's got all this crazy crazy burl, that's only three hundred dollars for a knife that is actually a lot of work. 
And so I, 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 when I first started out, I didn't like the by the inch system. And so my approach was to have basically a base price. And, and then from there, the price might, would vary by the inch. And so maybe the base price for a mosaic Damascus, um, knife, um, would be some, like $600. And then from there, it's $150 an inch or $100 an inch. So then a three-inch paring knife would be $900. And at that point, I would feel a little bit more properly compensated for the amount of time that goes into even just making the steel before then and, and then forging a blade and then grinding it all and all the other shit that goes with it. So I, I, I have a base price that I work from and then price by the inch from there so that I'm not screwing myself on the low end of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what about you? We, I like by the inch cause it gives us a degree of, um, control because I have so many different things and we had to, I, you know, the, 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 we have, and it's different based on what it is. So like a forge knife is going to be a different price than a Damascus knife. I get my Damascus from Bob Rankin. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be different for him for, if I use Damascus, it's going to be different for, Oh, pardon me. Hey, come on, Craig. Jeez, Why you gotta control yourself? You, you gotta you control yourself, Craig. Off. You need to get back to the doctors. Something's going on. Craig, there. what the fuck, man? Two weeks in a row. This is a professional <laughs> podcast. You got what's the matter with you? Control yourself. <laughs> so I try to have different I have tried to have different um you know avenues because otherwise it's like random. So like a hidden tang knife is you know, price per inch and then a price per per the handle and the different types of materials. And I like to kind of, frankly, I, and I like the idea of approachability and I'm, and, I, and I, if it were up to me, I would have my prices lower than they already are. And, it, and it's just because, you know, back in the day, art major, uh, Keith Haring was my guy, keeping art approachable was something that I always wanted. And I like the idea of being able to get them in the, in people's hands. So, for me though, I have a I have an overhead. I have I have employees and I have rent and I have you know electrical and I have insurance and I have a lot of bills. So we have to figure out ways in which to keep volume and price relative. And you know, something comes up, something comes up and we have ability to, you know, like on a set if we have to, you know, you know, if we have to push a set and I need to give a little bit of a, you know, discount, we'll, we'll, we'll try to run that. We want to run jobs to the shop. So I, you know, I, I think it's the most important thing is what you can willing to get away with, you know, without yeah. like, like, like Marekka was saying, a guy says, Oh, you're only a hundred dollars an inch. Well, why do only want a half an inch knife? You, you get me? I heard that. I had a guy once said to me, he's just like, well, you know, maybe I only need, uh, you know, I don't need a, I need an eight inch chef knife. But now that I think about it, I only need two inches of that chef knife. Like, Shut the fuck up, man. This isn't like, <laughs> don't nickel and dime me on an inch or two. You know what I'm saying? Craig, yeah. you know, you don't like to be nickel and dimed on an inch or two, right? Not an inch or two. I want my, my full length. For the yeah, length. girl. Yeah. All of it from the heel to the tip. <laughs> Um, I, I generally price by volume, which is, which is a different way of doing it because I, I don't really do one-offs anymore. Well, at all. Um, so sort of restaurant orders, I, the price come down per knife if they order more. Um, so generally restaurant orders, the way I work there is they they'll be, they'll be laser cut or water jet cut. Um, I then obviously do the grinding and all the handle work and all the rest of it. Um, but there's a minimum, there's a minimum cost per knife. 
Um, but the more they buy, whether they buy 50 or 100, I mean, I've had as much as 150 in one order, you know. So then the, the price comes down per knife that way. So I don't charge per inch. I charge per knife. And the, the higher the volume, the lower the, the price per right. knife. Um, yeah, I mean, if I was doing single orders now, um, I, I think I think the price per inch is, is a good sort of guide maybe. Um, but, you know... There's the amount of work required is very much the same whether you're doing a a five inch knife or an eight inch knife. The amount of work is pretty much the same, and the materials. If you're not forging the materials, if it's flat stock, the materials the price doesn't waver that much. Um, so yeah, so the the price range does get a little bit sticky then. Um, but um, yeah, so the three of us do completely different. So yeah, that's cool. All right. Okay. Uh, this next one's from Sean Wilson. He said, oh, wait, he says second question. Anyways, his question says, can't seem to get a high gloss out of my stabilized wood handle. Feel like I've tried everything and it just won't gloss up. I usually come off the grinder at 400 grit, then start hand sanding up to, uh, up from thir- uh, 320 grit all the way up to 3,000. Uh, it has a dull shine, but that doesn't last. I've tried applying a... Uh, applying ring oil uh, once a day for a week, then re-sanding with 3,000 grit. No better. Tried pink compound, pink compound from combat abrasives and a softer wheel from them, and still uh, not that glossy shine I'm hoping for. What am I doing wrong? I think you're comparing your knives to what you see on Instagram. And I've seen those fuckers freshly dip in oil when they take their pictures. Mm. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> oh, you mean they're doing the uh, they're doing the uh, the vintage axe work, shoving their finger in the oil and then licking their <laughs> chops and then putting it on the top. You know what I'm talking I about? I think so. I think the so. Roy Scott um, special. The Roy Scott <laughs> special. Are you doing that? Oh, boy. Uh, it's going to depend on what wood you're using, clearly. Um, but if it's stabilized and you've taken up to 3,000 and you're, you're buffing, uh, you should be getting, I mean, you should be getting a good a good finish on that. Um, I like to use, even though if it is stabilized, I still like to use something like a tongue oil afterwards anyway because that will sort of harden on top as well. And you can normally get a good sort of buff and shine on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you are comparing it to what you see on Instagram, I think a lot of these people are literally taking pictures of wet knives just because they look so shiny and beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you do everything I do anyway. I mean, what do you guys do to get an extra shine? Anything else? Rex is mean, the king of the shine. I don't yeah. know if I'm the king of the shine, but you're I the do. the king of the I... shine. I'm saying you're the king of the shine. <laughs> I think the tongue oil is really a, a really good and accessible way to get a nice shine, like uh, Craig was just saying. And, yeah, you just it, the instructions are on the can. Just follow the instructions. And it's pretty straightforward. And you can get a lot of coats on, actually, in, a, in, a, in one day and get it up to a really ni- nice high gloss. Um, I think part of the issue, which I've had in the past, is some handle materials just do not shine up very well. Um, one in particular that jumps out in my mind is Redwood Burl. Redwood Burl is a bitch to get a nice high gloss finish on. And it's just the material. It just doesn't take um, a high gloss very nicely. And and it's not that it's not properly stabilized or anything. It just, for whatever fucking reason, doesn't finish out very, very nicely. At least not in a high gloss. 
Um, and so it might also be an issue of the handle materials um, that you're working with. Um, but yeah, I, I think the tongue oil is honestly a really great approach um, because again, it, you know, you can ac acquire tongue oil basically anywhere in the world mm -hmm. and it's pretty very user-friendly and easy to apply and, and make use of. And it creates a great look, great finish. Mm. Jeff. I was going to make a note that the wood is definitely an issue because you can get, I, ha I get really nice figured walnut, but I also get other walnut. And the other walnut, the standard walnut that you get from like some of these, you know, abhorrent woodworkers, you know, <laughs> Keith Johnson, Keith Mitchell, you know, all these scoundrels, these scum, these sure. scumball woodworkers, you know, you can get wood from them and, you know, walnut, these guys like to peddle their garbage walnut. And I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm kind of, I'm sort of sl slightly kidding, but it's like you can't do anything slightly. with it. It's like <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't do anything with it. It's like you can't do the high, high gloss because it's just like garbage. But I get sure. this super figured walnut, and then like you were saying, the tongue oil number one is like it's. I love tongue oil. It's great. And then uh, I use lax wax. You know, all natural food safe wax for your axe. And then um, bingo, bango, bongo. The other thing is, is like, I'm not 100% sure buffing is the best all the time, but sure. I believe it's the wood. I do, I use, when I do the bourbon barrel handles and I have the oak, that oak sometimes don't, doesn't want to shine because there's, it's still, even though it's stabilized, it still doesn't want to shine. Like there's yeah. a little porosity or maybe there's not enough oil in it. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I think sure. you guys said it all. Yeah. I mean, I I just wanted to add to getting the wood from woodworkers. I have a buddy who's a woodworker, and he, uh, he's a builder, actually. But he comes across uh, what would be considered nice woods in a larger commercial st structure kind of setting. Uh, he's always really excited about them. Oh, I got this. Yeah. Red cedar, or I got this, all this other st stupid shit. And the problem is, is that on knife handles, it sucks. <laughs> Keith Mitchell tried to give me a two by four for Christ's sake. <laughs> Did he pull it off of a pallet? Yes, he just says to me, he's like, listen, I hear this is really good wood material. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with your two by four. Fucking uh, Keith's. Hey, speaking of which, shout out to Shipwright Skills. He he went out and hooked up with uh, Nick Anger and made himself some Japanese knives. He's some car wood carving knives. Oh, shout and he uses Broadbeck TPS. But uh, a boy's on onto something. But he will peddle you the worst wood you've ever had in your life. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that finishing with the combat, uh, the pink compound from Combat has always been a really strong move for me, though. Even after yeah. using the tongue oil, Definitely. it buffs up really nice. Really nice. Yeah, on a really loose cotton mop. Yeah. And yeah. you really, really you're, not, you're not putting any pressure on really loose. Yeah, yeah. That's really Craig's loose. favorite. Loose He's like to buff up his wood with a loose compound, compound mop. I do. Nothing like a loose mop. <laughs> Um, speaking of combat abrasives, combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code knife talk 15. Do it now. So that's your belt, your compounds, anything you'd possibly need from combat abrasives, knife talk 15. The next one comes from EDC Gearhouse. EDC oh, Gearhouse fuck. says, this isn't a question or feedback. I'd really like to hear Craig read a couple questions with his best American accent. 
I, I think I agree with you. Uh, Go his, ahead. His best uh, New Yorkies. Whatever. Go ahead. Uh, Stu Lind. Okay. Hit Stu Lind up. He's from, from Australia. Stu, He's from Stu Australia. Lind. It goes. Hey, yo. Got a question for you. <laughs> Keep going. So you all know there's nothing new under the sun, but what's something as crazy as you like you'd love to see someone else do? Something like a motherfucking testicle handle, K-tip? What you thinking? <laughs> that's pretty good. That's I'm not... I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about American American Craig. I'm not mad about American it. Greg. American Greg. American, yeah, it's Greg. Yeah. If you're an American, it's Greg. You did a good job, mm. Greg. I like American Greg. Yeah. Okay. Um, nothing new under the sun. What's something as crazy as you like? You'd love to see someone else do something like a testicle handle, K-tip. That's weird, but fine. Mareko, is there anything weird or something crazy you would like to do? Let's just do it like this. What's something that you would like to do that's maybe not standard to what you normally do? Uh, I would like to incorporate more kind of carving into my handles. I think that would be fun to do. And yeah. I have some ideas. I haven't really, I haven't done them yet, but I have some ideas of some stuff that I'd like to do. I that's a good idea. Cool. What about you, Craig? Just thinking off the top of my head, um, something with a solid metal handle, a solid steel handle, which is skeletonized. So almost taking like you'd have, you know, some sort of um, tactical knives, something like that, but using that in the kitchen. So you'd have the skeletonized, but really nicely shaped steel handle. Um, I just think it'd be indestructible. There's, you know, there's no wood to think about or anything like that at all. Um, and if we skeletonize enough, it could be light. Um, I haven't seen anybody do that well yet, so that could be cool. You know, that reminds me. Back in the day, I got global knives. You know, mm. global knives. Yeah. Right. It's the worst part about. Well, there's a. I hope. I wished that global knives would be awesome because they just seem the whole idea. Global knives have like a. I have like a hollow metal handle and it's like one yeah. piece super easy to clean blah 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 they're uncomfortable because the the connection between the handle and the spine is so thin it it's hurts so thin. in the pin position the pinch position and the other thing is is you can see where the weld line is between the handle mm. and the knife so it's just like it's infuriating but I really yeah. wish that would be a good one and the ones I've tried, they're too light as well because right. those handles are hollow. They're, they're, there's nothing to them. I think it needs a bit of sort of bit of weight to it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think solid but skeletonized would be would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, what about you, Jeff? Something that you'd like to see, or something that you'd like to make, which you haven't seen done well. I want to make a kukri. Mm. My father, I talked about. I was I had uh, Jason Knight on the podcast on Full Blast, and I talked about the kukri that my father brought back from India in World War II, and it was something that I was since I was a child. I really loved it, and then when he died, and his wife hated our guts, made sure we didn't get anything we wanted. And all I wanted was that goddamn thing. Never got it. I think forget it. No problem. You don't want me to have it. I don't want it. So I would like to make. The kookery that my dad had. That's mm, what cool. I would like to do. That's and that for me, that's crazy. So yeah, do it. Well, do it. Thank you. Thank you for thank you. Yes, sir. Oh, what's going on? How I get quizzical? Let's get quizzical. 
Musical. That lasts too long, that thing. <laughs> no, I think it's just right. That's good, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, at some point, the one part about the lump episode, I hope you p- play it at some point. My favorite part of the lump episode was when you hit all the buttons. Oh, yeah. All the buttons, right. When you hit all the buttons, it was probably my favorite moment of the whole. Nah, not my, there was a few good favorites, so hopefully. A, it is a good episode. We will get it up. We will. The lump. Right. Do you both have a pen and paper handy? All the time. Okay, this isn't timed. I don't want you to shout anything out. Just write down the answers, okay. and we'll go through them later in the show. Yes. Are you ready? They're all music-related. Oh, boy. Okay, there's 11 questions, oh, and if it comes to it, we do have a tiebreaker if it comes to it at okay. the end of the show. Which rock band was founded by Trent Reznor in 1988? Shh, don't tell me. Don't okay. Tell me. Are you ready? All the time. Jimmy, Robert, John, and John... Can you identify this rock band from the first names of the original lineup? Jimmy, Robert, John, and John. Yep. All right. Go ahead. You still there, Morocco? Yes, I can. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm okay. thinking hard. <laughs> In what year did Elvis Presley die? The year. Next one. Rihanna hit umbrella was originally written with which other artist in mind? You mean she didn't write it itself? She didn't. Actually, Rihanna didn't write that song. No, clearly. (laughs) Um, Was originally written for which other artist? One, two, three, four. Number five. Which Motown star released the album Inner Visions in 1973? Think of that title, Inner Visions. Oh, well, there you go. Number six. Which prison did Johnny Cash famously sing about in the 1955 song? These are, okay. How confident are you? Uh, I think I'm six for six. Oh, wow. Rekka, what do you think? Uh, I'm five for six, I believe. Okay, okay. Interesting. Which singer had a chart resurgence in 2022 after one of her songs was heard in Stranger Things? <sighs> Okay. Are we ready? All the time. Finish the following lyric. This town can bring you down. Same old. The next <laughs> Did you words, used to put the C word in there? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can you roll one more time? One more time. <laughs> this town can bring you down. Same old. Finish that line. Wait what is second. the name oh, of the... God damn it. <laughs> All right. What is the name of the band who usually serve as the backing band for Bruce Springsteen? One more time, please. What is the name of the band who usually serve as the backing band for Bruce Springsteen? Two to go. Rock band ACDC originate from which country? Okay. Bonus answer if you can give me another famous band from that country. <laughs> band or artist? Band. Mm. Band, yeah. Okay, final question. Are you ready? Rock star David Howell Evans is better known by what name? You all know him. David Howell Evans. All right, I'm not feeling That's 11 as... questions. Do you need any more before we move on? No, I'm not feeling as <clears throat> confident as I was back six questions ago. 
Okay, so what do you, how many do you think you've got? Let's make, let's make a note. I think I have eight. Eight out of 11. Uh, Mareka, what do you think? Uh, I think I have, sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Maybe ten. Oof. Oh. Oof. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe nine. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be close. Okay, I do have a backup question if we draw. Okay, let's move on. Um, what else we got? If you do a couple more questions, we have listener feedback. We also have uh, why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? And <laughs> um, uh, yeah, feedback. Okay, let's do a listener feedback then. Let's do a little bit. <clears throat> okay, this is if you are listening to the podcast and you're saying to yourself, I want to. Send in a message. You go to Instagram and uh, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. You can send us a DM. Uh, number one comes from Matt L. Matt L says, I can't think straight, do my job, sleep at night, wake up in the morning, and I can no longer make right-hand turns. I'm running in circles without you guys. The intrepid trio. I need my <laughs> knife talk. Are the meds to ease with the withdrawals? Are there meds to with ease with the withdrawal symptoms? Anyway, there's a plot, plenty of episodes to revisit. Hope, hope the hiccups is getting ironed out. Hope the hiccup is getting ironed out with any hair loss later, dudes. So Matt L was losing his fucking mind on Monday. Yeah, we may have two for you, Matt. Who so maybe like having too many coffees in one day for you? Yeah. Or 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 we can use it as a vacation episode. Let's just oh. let's, don't be, I mean, oh. let's be okay. fair to ourselves, too, you know. And you did put the work in. <laughs> possibly, possibly. I, th- I think it's quite timely. I think it needs to get out pretty soon. But, All um, right. Yeah, okay. Tom okay. Hinton says, here's some feedback. Love the show. Love everything about the show. Don't change anything. I was generally upset on an episode where a guy was bitching about being family-friendly and thought you were actually going to leave the show. So glad you... <laughs> that's, that's a deep cut, P.S. That's a deep cut. So glad you didn't, and for a shit moment, on one of my first knives, I went straight from the quench to the grinder, thinking they do it on that show, not realizing how <laughs> oh. it's edited. I snapped the blade in two and fist bumped a fresh 36 grit belt. Oh, fuck. Tom Hinton yeah. with the deep cut. Yep. It's a tough way to learn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. J.D. Eiler, our good friend J.D. Eiler, says... Quote, this is, I guess this was a quote from one of the last episodes. My wife will not be selling jarred farts, you piece of shit. I guess I said that. <laughs> Has to be one of the funniest lines of 2022. Glad to hear you. Ca- get, glad to get catching up on all the episodes again. Five years and you all still got it. J.D. Nice. Eiler has a podcast called Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Go check out J.D. Eiler. He's going to give me a hard time. All right? Cool. Um. Cool. Oh, this is a good one. This is from Steel Doe Cider. Here's some listener feedback. Good morning, Mareko. Good afternoon, Craig. Oh, good afternoon, Jeff. And good evening. Good night, Craig. Last weekend, I took a bladesmithing class with Nick Anderson. Nick says, hi, Jeff. And it was awesome to say the least. That's Nanda Knives. Uh, While forging the blade, I kept hearing Jeff's voice in my head, reminding me to plan my strikes after each heat, and I'm very happy that I did. It kept me focused, confident, despite uh, it being the second time I'd ever forged a blade. Then while grinding bevels, Nick kept telling me, you can get it thinner. Now I got it to .020 thinner. How about .015 thinner? Nope, thinner, and on and on and on. Uh, this mm. reminded me of the story Mareko told during one of his episodes. Thanks, man. 
Now, Craig, while I listen to the podcast, I'll have a question bubble up with respect to whatever's being discussed. Somehow, Craig, obviously psychopathic, asks the very question. Love the show. Psychopathic. Yeah. Psychopathic. <laughs> like a psychopath. Yeah. Okay. You're psychopathic. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then. It's um, like being telepathic. Yeah. Psychopathic. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one comes from Zetar. Bill Industries, Zetar, Zetar Bill Industries. This is an old deep cut. Oh, not a deep cut. Hey, you guys put some uh, input on Canister Damascus question from last episode. Two episodes ago, somebody was all talking about Canister Damascus, and he says, I learned Canister original, originally from, I learned Canister Damascus originally from J.W. Randall. He explained that the vent hole is absolutely necessary as it allows any flammable material inside that can burn out, including oxygen. Once everything burns out, the resulting vacuum inside the can seals the hole. My theory Mm. on ventless canister is this. Since most blacksmiths are so god-awful at welding, their leaky-ass shit welds are acting as vents for their cans. Thanks for such a solid podcast. Laugh my ass off last week, pre-workout with the cloaca emptying coffee requirement. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Yeah. 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 Well, we were talking about, you know, so. Yeah, we were talking about video, and I saw Holly doing it. She was put, she put a vent in it, and we were trying to work out why the vent was there. But okay, that's cool. I got gotcha. you. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, you don't always use flammables. And so if you're not using flammable anything, so like people used to say, fill it with WD-40 to help burn out any oxygen, but it's not necessary. But I also think he's going a little hard on blacksmith. I mean, people welding can be very challenging, especially getting really nice, clean welds. But a MIG welder is basically a steel glue gun. So mm. it's not that hard. Yeah. yeah. Paul Jansen. Okay, bef- oh, sorry. I got one more. I was going to say, before before we do any more, okay. I want to tell everybody about Dharma Steel um, because it's the shit. If you are looking for <laughs> a, a stainless uh, Damascus, <laughs> it's the shit. That's yeah. the strap line. Pear's going to give us a call any minute. <laughs> if you are looking for any stainless Damascus, um, it's the stuff to use. Take a look on uh, Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram. You'll see the kind of stuff people are making with it. All beautiful, beautiful stuff. They've got amazing patterns. Um, it comes in round stock. It comes in whatever you need. Go take a look. They are darmsteel.se online. And if you set up an account and make an order using Knife Talk as a promo code, you'll get 10% off too. Go take a look. It's the shit. As I say. <laughs> Paul Jansen says, I want to give a shout out to Mareko for sharing about his struggles with the pressure of not wanting to screw up custom orders. Mm. I've dealt with some of the, of the same thing. Obviously not to the same extent, but I don't want to make a living doing this. Uh, <clears throat> since I don't want to make a living doing this, but at some point, there was the ang- I was anxious the whole time it was done. It wasn't a big deal, but then I started taking a single, I think he's talking about custom orders, and had nothing but time to kill. Now I have my own business, a wife, and a one-year-old. It's nice knowing that it can happen to anyone, even the people at the top of the craft, uh, and there are always ways to manage stress while enjoying making knives. Fun fact about Avocado Scare, two episodes ago we were talking about, we were talking about food shortages and the avocado, we were talking mm-hmm. about Avocado Scare. There was an avocado scare for a while. People couldn't figure it out. I don't know what the hell happened. And apparently, he says, the Mexican drug cartel realized how much money was in it and took over the different production and distribution centers and did such a good job. There was a surplus and a lower price. So God bless the Mexican cartels. 
Jesus. Oh, my God. Breaking Bad, the avocado edition. <laughs> yeah. Craig, come on, <laughs> man. This is a professional oh, podcast. Geez. There you go. Okay. Um, where are Should we do a few questions sure. again? Okay. Where were we? We did... Justin Blauart is next, I think. I think you pronounce it. Uh, got a question. We hear you guys talk a lot about the importance of good tools, but what techniques or skill would you say vastly improve the quality of your work? Uh, and that's Justin Blauart from Blauart Knives. Um, okay, yeah, forget the tools, techniques and skills. What would you say is, was the biggest improver on your work, uh, Jeff? Without question, number one, two, and three is working in a metal shop and getting my ass chewed out about how to do things properly. And doing things properly meaning measuring, learning how to read a measuring tape, learning how to drill holes, learning how to space things, learning how to divide fractions. Working in a metal shop was without question the most valuable thing that ever happened to me in terms of how I make my shop now. Because there's techniques, there's things that you do, there's safety things, there are things that you get drill, drilled into you, so to speak, that is is something that you can take with you for the rest of your life. Working, I would imagine working for a carpenter would be the same thing, but it's like the hardest, I think one of the hardest parts for a lot of knife makers, especially getting into it, is maybe they didn't have experience working in shops and they don't know that you're not – you're supposed to wear – I had a there, one shop I had, if you didn't wear your safety glasses and the, and the boss came up to you, he'd fucking yell at you. And it wasn't a question of like, well, it was my choice. It was like – he says, if I see that fucking set of glasses on the top of your head, I'm going to smack them off the top of your head. You know, it was like – there were like issues that it wasn't, you know, about freedoms anymore. It was about like this is the way you do it and this is the way you don't do it. Company so policies. that was for me, yeah. I would say without question – the best the best foundation to making anything was working in shops okay cool uh Morocco. um techniques um i mean I, I think especially when it comes to my damascus making uh something that really has helped me um has been being willing to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes because it is those mistakes that have helped me to develop my understanding around D Damascus pattern design and the way material moves. Um, I, and I think another one would be, um, yeah, just like, uh, I think also handle sculpting. Uh, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a weird thing to say, but uh, honestly, like uh, a lot of handles are kind of blocky. And especially if it's like in regards to culinary knives that you're holding on to for very long periods of time, like I, I do think there are a lot of people who could do a little bit more work to kind of sculpt those handles so they are a bit more ergonomic and uh, enjoyable to hold and use. And and I think, you know, you got yourself a good grinder like a broadback, then you can make that happen. But it takes practice. And again, I think. I don't know if it's an, I wouldn't call it a technique, but I think the something that a lot of people and myself included struggle with is the fear of making a mistake. But I think it it's scarier to make a mistake and not learn from it or understand where things went wrong. But mistakes mm -hmm. are stepping stones, honestly. But the fear of making a mistake can stop people from fucking doing anything. 
And so being willing to make mistakes, whether whatever process it is, you know, obviously you don't want anything that's life-threatening mistakes, but, um, you know, sculpting a handle is not necessarily going to be a life-threatening thing. You could completely fuck up the handle, but if you pay attention, hopefully you learn something from it, um, either what to not to do or how to fix an issue. And again, a, a lot of my pattern design and understanding comes from making mistakes. A lot of my, the way I sculpt handles comes from really pushing the belts and the J flex belts and, and using different backings and stuff like that, like a rotary platen or even Scotch bright belts piggybacked underneath softer belts to figure out how to create different contours and shapes that you just, it, it you can't do without, uh, without using, doing these weird things. But, it's experimentation and it's being willing to experiment and potentially make mistakes, but hopefully learning from them at the same time. This is mm. one of the things that we talk about a lot. And I think that there's a lot of similarity to the conversation that we have with a lot of the listeners mm -hmm. is it's experience and it's, it's things don't, the internet, has, the internet and social media has made things a little bit unrealistic. Because it For makes sure. you think... We see the cleansed versions of everything. Well, but yet. it's not even that. It's like you see these young guys with, you know, barely prepubescent, like Will Stelter. These guys who are like, you know... And, and you think that, like, he came out of the womb knowing how to do what he does. I mean, he looks like he just came out of the womb. I mean, what is he, 13, 14? And, it's, and, and, the, and the problem is, is, like, it takes a long time of... A long, long time to get these things done. It's not overnight. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think for me, it would be repetition. Um, so the way I work is um, I'll work on uh, like grinding for a few days. Um, and then I may not come back to grinding for, you know, a matter of weeks. Um, so I find if I'm doing sort of 50, 60, 70 blades, um, you just find, you just get it because you just, you're just there for, for days. That's all you're doing. Um, and in, whether it's muscle memory or not, it, it just does tend to help. Um, the other side of that is when you do come back to grinding after a few weeks of not doing any grinding, blade grinding, um, you will find that I'll have a, I'll have you know the pancake. You know the first one that you do is going to be shit. <laughs> you throw away. Um, so I do find that, but it doesn't take long to get back into it. And I think it's just that building that muscle memory of doing things repeatedly, 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 and over time it'll just become sort of second nature and and better each time still. Um, so yeah, we got some sort of technique. Um, I think that for me, that, that repetition has been a, a huge help. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are we ready okay. for it? Okay. You want to do another one? Hello? Jeff, are you I'm there? right here. <laughs> oh, my heart went. What did you think? The fucking lump is back? <laughs> the, the lump music was back? I didn't know you wanted to, you were waiting for me. I thought it was going to be like, it's not the radio when they have that, like, after three seconds of this silence, yeah. they play, like, an emergency song or something. Radio, <laughs> we uh, need something. Yeah. <laughs> Should I go to Chris okay. Bolton? Go ahead. Before you do, Mareko, tell okay. us all about that lovely grinder that you use. Well, the grinder is a Broadbeck grinder. Broadbeck Ironworks. Uh, it's our guys, Vince and Ryan, over at Broadbeck. Um, they have designed and built a great grinder that's designed that's made by makers, knife makers for knife makers, as well as, you know, other crafters as well. Very handy in woodworking and metal fabrication. Um, and it's, it's a killer machine. It, they have all kinds of different tool and attachment arms that are capable of doing all kinds of crazy stuff from using as a 
a buffing machine to a disc sander to a surface grinder to a, a standard hard platen grinder, hollow wheels. They have the Morocco deep platen for heavy sculpting and high, highly contoured handles and material shaping. And they are great guys. They take really good care of their customers. Um, they're dedicated to us and, um, and so why not go show them your support and, re and response. And if you go to Broadbeck Ironworks uh, and you put in Knife Talk 200, you'll save uh, $200 on any grinder package, whether it's the Max Premium or the Mega Packet. And then uh, alternately, there's the Knife Talk, Knife Talk 100. Um, that'll save you $100 off the sharpening system, the surface grinder, or the leather sewing machine. Go give those guys some love and support. They're great dudes, uh, and I'm looking forward to hanging out and working with them again uh, and seeing them hopefully again soon. And, uh, yeah, go check them out, uh, broadbackironworks.com. And that's it. Nice, nice. Quiz oh, okay, let's do some answers. Okay. Let's do some of those answers. Got your papers ready. All the time. Okay, straight in at number one. Um which rock band was founded by Trent Reznor in 1988? Nine Inch Nails. Correct. Let me just mark these down. One, one. Okay. Jimmy, Robert, John, and John. Can you identify the rock band that they appeared in? Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, Led Zeppelin. Okay. Rihanna hit Umbrella was originally you written by... You missed Elvis. I did. Well done, yes. <laughs> Just check in. <laughs> which, year did, which year did Elvis die? 77. 74. Oh, one for Morocco, zero for Jeffrey. Yeah, there goes that. Okay, 77. August 1977. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Ray Charles. You see this Ray Charles video coming out saying uh, he, how they dug it up. They asked, uh, Bob Costas what he said, what, asked him what he thought about Elvis, and he got mad. <laughs> Fucking Elvis, Ray, Ray Charles got mad about it. So, yeah, really? I'm with Ray Charles. No. Uh, Rihanna hit Umbrella was originally written with which other pop star in mind? I have no idea. I said Sia. Mm. Britney Spears. Oh, she is. But Sia wrote it. Did she? I don't know. Did yeah. she? I don't, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it was originally written for Britney Spears, who appears to be having another meltdown, by the way. Um, it's you, Caddy. Caddy Lockett. Which... <laughs> Which Motown star released the album Inner Visions in 1973? Stevie Wonder. I wrote Stevie Correct. Wonder after they got that little hint of. Yeah. Okay. Which prison did Johnny Cash sing about? Folsom. Everybody knows that Folsom, one. Yeah. 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 Uh, which singer had a chart resurgence in 2022 after one of her songs was heard on Stranger Things? Kate Bush. Kate Bush. Nice. Running up the hill. Correct. Bonus point? No, I'm just Didn't joking. <laughs> no, 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 no. Finish the following lyric. This town can bring you down. Same old. Same old sights and sounds. Correct. I said same old girls going down. Oh, my God. Not, isn't that what you wrote? That's not the song. That's not your song. That's, that's the remix, without doubt. That's the, <laughs> that's the club version. That's a club version. Yeah. All right. Got that one wrong. Yeah. Okay. Miracle's leading. Okay. What? 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is the name of the band who usually serve as the backing band for Bruce Springsteen? E Street Band. E Street Band, yep. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> um, rock band ACDC uh, originate from which country? Australia. Australia. Correct. Can you name another Australian band? I wrote in excess. I think they're. I Good. think that they're Australian. They are. Well done. Yes. Does that mean I, I get two points? You do. You do. There was a bonus point for it, so you will get two for that nice. one. Yeah. I said Bee Gees. Um, does that count? Bee Gees. They're, they're not Australian, are they? No, they're, they're from the UK. Are they? They're, they're British. Oh, yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Sucks. You know what? You shouldn't have to know that anyway, Rick. I. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you on. can sing in a BG's tone, I'll give you. I'll give you a. Uh, You'll do it. Go ahead. Yeah, I can't even think of any words right now. You can't put me on the spot. I can't think of shit. Broadway Nights. <sighs> I don't know that song. <laughs> I don't know, never mind. Keep There's going. no point for that one, Jeff. <laughs> okay. All right. Take rock it. Star, <laughs> rock star David Howell Evans is better known by what name? I said Bowie. Yeah, I did too. Both wrong. It's the edge. Oh, oh the right. edge. Sorry. Let me let me count these up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine for Morocco. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight for Jeff. I said I'd get eight. 
I said I'd get nine. Look at that. Did this, we get a bonus point for calling that? was just some real, uh, some real pro- prognosticating or whatever it's called. <laughs> what is it? Prognosticating. Yeah, you go. There you go. Okay. This is up to Morocco now. I have another question here. Shall we make this a two-point question? So Morocco oh, can soar ahead with a huge lead, or Jeff could just pip it. It's up to you, Morocco. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All the glory or, 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 or get fucked. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. <laughs> or get fucked. Okay. Which single had the longest uninterrupted run at number one in the UK singles chart? Certainly wasn't Girls. Oh, my God. Oh, what? Wasn't our town. <laughs> has had the longest, the longest, the shortest, the longest. uninterrupted run at number one ever in UK singles chart history. I, I got nothing. Uh, I'm going to go with that Elton John song about uh, Princess Diana. Uh, you're both wrong. It was um, Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do it for you. From, oh, um, wow. From Yo, Robin Hood. UK, I'm giving you big gas face. That's thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs I down. Remember, oh, my God. Remember that? Like the beginning of the 90s, and it just went on and on forever. Yeah, yeah. Please. Oh, did. Yeah. You know what song I listened to I last night? I never guess that. And I watched the video for it, and it should have been better than it was. Rod Stewart's song, Infatuation. Watch that video. Not bad. Really? Yeah, it's great. It's a great song. I cannot imagine it. Yeah. Oh, oh no, not again. It's so good. I don't understand. There you go. Great <laughs> job. Nice. Congratulations, Morocco. You deserved every 9 8 to Morocco. Deserved it. Okay. I think so. That means Morocco's hosting next week's quiz um, oh. on any, sub- any subject you like. Any subject. You okay. Like. Okay, then let's do uh, another question, I suppose. Um, we also Chris have Bolton. we also have why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? Just let you know. Okay, okay, let's let's do a question or two, and we'll we'll jump into them. Um, Chris Bolton, um, hey guys, I have a question. I tried forging my first knife with an integral bolster recently. I had hell trying to keep my file guide square on the bolster. It kept wanting to rock side to side, and it made it very difficult to get a good square fit up. Is there a trick or tool I could use to help keep my file guide square? What do you think, Jeff? Well, one thing is, is Bill Banky, our friend, started to make, uh, he made, he made a number of years ago, he made an integral bolster file guide that was, that was straight on one side was straight. And then one had like almost like a little triangle inset. So it allowed you to kind of clamp in a little bit easier. Yeah. It was like a three point capture. Right. Three point capture. And I got one of them and it was awesome. And then I know that he made another one with Neil and it's like two L's kind of clamped together. So yeah. the standard file guides can be kind of on the tough side for a squared bolster. That's all I have to say. Yeah. That is the Benki Kamamura Universal Integral and Flat Blade File Guide, which is available from Maritime Knife Supply. Dot com. They're in stock as we speak. And they've got a bunch of different file guides there as well, by the way. Um, so go take a look. Maritime Knife Supply.com. They've got everything you need abrasive, steel, hand materials, equipment tools. File guides, of course. MaritimeNiveSupply.com. Layup, alley-oop. That was good. There we go. Um, what do you think, Morocco? Is there, is there any other Yeah, well, I mean, flattening. Well, okay, so the Banky, the three-point capture are great if you want to do some pre-shaping of your bolster um, because bolster is a large mass of material. When you're heat treating it, sometimes it can be a weird thing to try to quench and whatever. Um, so the three-point capture is great for that. Um, but if you're using kind of a more conventional set of file guides uh, where it's just 
two rails on either or a rail on either side of the bolster, you gotta flatten that bolster. But getting it flat is kind of tricky. Um, the best thing, the quickest and easiest thing I found is just to um, I'll hold it uh, in the tip of the knife by my right hand uh, with the tip pointing up, and and then pushing the bolster into the platen, um, and and just kind of like eyeballing the the what is it the 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 blade parallel to the belt and just trying to get a decent flat on there. Um, but it is actually, <laughs> it's really tricky to, um, to get it scribed like perfectly in any kind of way. Cause typically, uh, the blade will be tapered in some f fashion. Um, but if it's not tapered, if it is perfectly flat, then you could put, I could see putting, uh, the blade on like a one, two, three block, and then using a height gauge on a flat surface to help scribe out kind of a flat area on either side of the bolster to then grind and clean away. That way you have a visual guide to work toward while you're grinding it. Um, and then that way the, the file guides will clamp on nice and flat on either side. Another thing I've done in the past is I just have like leather scrap laying in the shop and so I'll sometimes if I'm if I'm not confident it's going to be perfectly flat I'll I'll cut off just like a little chunk of it and and glue tack it uh to the inside of the file guide where it's going to contact come into contact with the bolster and that acts as a kind of a gasket in a way that helps take up any little bit of space uh and really helps to lock in um, the bolster, but you can't, it has to be like pretty fucking close, uh, for that to work well. You can't be too loosey goosey on that. Um, but the gasket really does help to lock things in, uh, nicely. Fucking but. strong move, dude. Mareko's leather straps. Oh, yeah. oh, hey, hey, yo, hey, yo. That was a strong <laughs> ass tip right there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Who wants to take the next? Then we'll, then we'll go on to why me? <sighs> Uh, Goot Knives. Goot Knives says, Hey, ladies. A few times Mareko has mentioned that he wants to commit more time to teaching others in the knife-making community. Has he ever thought about selling online classes on his website? Passive income and less travel would have two huge benefits for a young family. The Momasi Fire Arts Academy. I produced online. Oh, yeah, here he goes. Good knives. He wants to right. get it in. <laughs> I produced online pitch. classes in the past, and if you okay. and if you're in this in the if and if you're a subject matter expert, it's really not that difficult to get something rolling. Kyle Royer just did the same thing. Cheers, Ash. I have thought about that, and um, but my problem is the whole video editing production. So, like the back end like i can take video or my wife could come into the shop and help with capturing video but then the rest of it is what becomes a pain in the ass yeah. and very time consuming that i do not have the fucking time for these moves you gotta pay you gotta pay uh, you gotta do the way jason and i did it where it's sure. like he paid a production company and his one's gotta look good yeah. his one looks like a t it doesn't even look like instructional it almost looks like a tv show it looks like a documentary or whatever it's yeah awesome and fun and that would be the only way to do it however you know let's talk about teaching do you guys have any opinions on teaching do you want to do more teaching you want to do less teaching i i would love to do more teaching and sharing of my process um it, like i said it's just the the making putting those videos together 
is challenging, but they are things that could be evergreen because there's always going to be new people coming into the industry, wanting to learn various aspects um, from who people who are seen as uh, or regarded as the, some of the industry's experts. Right. Um, so the, once you make it, you make it once it's gonna, it's gonna have value for, especially for a certain level person for forever, as long as there's still that kind of person coming into the industry. And also, I guess you having enough relevance that that person even knows who the fuck you are and wants to try to learn stuff from you. Yeah. You're prime for it, Mareko, I think. Prime. Uh, Nick it. Rossi did a very good job too. Nick Rossi did a few of them. His is very good. I, I bought Nick's. His is very good. Uh, Jason's is very good. I mean, it, yeah. I think it, you know, for it's very, especially if the price is right, I think that, and, and if they're good and like, you know, like, like Craig just said, I mean, you have a very good name that people would want to see it. And then there's also mm. room for you to be, you know, your own thing versus what, you know, you're not going to do what Jason did. Or you're not going to do what, you know, Nick did, you know? Yeah, right. And I think Ash Ash from Good Knives just said he'd do it for free. He said he'd do he'd it for free. Place, I, actually, Ash said he'd, he'd come pay down you to, to your do place, it. film it, produce it all for you beautifully. He said he'd pay you for free. He said so. he'd give you he pay you to he'd do pay it. You? Wow. So Good Knives wow. is gonna. He says he he said he sent uh, his PayPal information. He's willing to you know pay you direct. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right, Goot, hit me up. Let's start. <laughs> hit him Gooch. in the Goot. Get him <laughs> in the Goot. Goot Productions. Give him the Goot. Uh, I'll have, okay. I'll have a, a spoon handy at the shop. Hey, girl. <laughs> teaching's fun. Teaching's fun. I've, I've oh, got to cut it back on teaching, to be honest with you. I'm only, doing, I'm only teaching two places. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think my biggest issue right now is because is my lack of experience with teaching and feeling an incredible amount of anxiety around the responsibility of making sure that I'm doing a good job conveying the information and that people are, are actually – Taking up that information, though, you have limited, obviously, limited control over whether or not somebody gets it. Some people just won't get it. But I have yeah. a hard time still not feeling bad about that, even though that's not my well, fault. Let's, I think the joy of doing it in video like this is that there's nobody there asking questions. You're doing this almost like a demonstration, explaining what you're doing, which is what you've done plenty of recently anyway. Well, that would be like you the va value-added proposition, though, right? Is that then there's mm. like maybe a private group of people that you get to do Q&A with and, and help oh, them maybe. with yeah. um, follow-up. P.S. Yeah. I've seen you teach at Maker Camp. You were excellent. So I don't okay. know what you're talking about. I just – I don't know. I that's, that's, I know I'm not I'm not seeing myself from the outside. I know I'm, I'm in, saying I'm inside you, my head and I'm like I don't know if any of this makes any fucking sense. To I'm anybody. saying to you. Okay. I know. Okay. You did great. You did <laughs> great. But you. at the same time, teaching is hard. You gotta you gotta yes. do it. You you know, the video teaching is a great idea, especially if you don't want to have to mm. you know learn how to do it. You know, it's like sure. I mean for me. I mean, I, I was teaching for a while, and then it, it becomes you have to have a rhythm of what worked this time. Maybe it won't work the next time. Yeah. And the other thing is, is here's the funny thing about teaching. You can teach someone how to be good, but you can't make them good. You know what right. I'm saying? Mm. So there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of like, you know, people just, some dudes are just not going to cough it up. Like, I had a guy at a place, and he just did not want to listen. And it was very much along the lines of like, I can teach you how to do it, but if you don't want to do it, then I can't make you good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's a, that's the whole leading a horse to water, right? 
Look. Yeah. Lighting a fire. You've got to get them to want to do more. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can teach someone to be good. You can't make them good. Yeah. Do you know who does a very good job at teaching people how to use their product? Who? Knifeprint. Knifeprint.com. Um, so we often talk, I mean, I've already talked about it in this episode about, you know, getting stuff laser cut and water jet cut. Um, it can be difficult to find a good place and it can be difficult to learn the skills to be able to do that because you need to produce a CAD file and it, it can be a bit of a headache. Knifeprint.com makes it simple. They've got a whole education center there, which is free. Um, and basically, Knifeprint is a, it's, it's an online, um, you do it in the browser, you dis, you you do basically do CAD, you do 2D CAD. It'll then render your design in 3D so you can see exactly what it would look like. And it's built specifically for knives. It's got tools for bevels um, and that kind of thing. They've got version 2 coming up soon. It'll automatically skeletonize handles for you. It's just like Crazy. super cool. So if you've never done any sort of CAD before, this is the place to start. You don't need any licensed software or anything like that. It's all done in the browser. As I said they've got a brilliant education center to show you how to do it. But the magic is... Once you've designed it, you literally press print as if you're printing on some paper. Um, you choose the the steel that you want, um, the you know the, the thickness of the stock. Um, they'll get it done for you, and it'll arrive in the post. So you can you can create your designs, and you'll get your your blanks done in the post. Um, go take a look at knifeprint.com. Uh, they're awesome. We've done stuff with them in the past. Um, like I said they've got a version two coming up soon. They're knife makers themselves. They know what they're doing. So go take a look. That was the knife talk build along. It was a knife talk build on, which was probably two years ago now, wasn't yeah. it? Probably, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Why does this always happen to me? This is the episode where you tell. Uh, this is the part of the episode where you tell us something that happens, either good or bad. You don't know why it happens, and we CSI the issue. We CSI the issue. We CSI. We crime scene. Look at all the ends and ins and outs and try to figure out exactly what the problem is. So the first one comes from Speedster Stoves. Speedster Stoves says, why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? Technical problems with my podcast. That's Craig Lockwood. <laughs> That's he's supposed to be Craig Lockwood. So that was another why me, why me. Okay. Matt L says, why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? So my shop is probably one of the smallest ever but I always lose something every time I'm working there. Hmm. How the hell can I lose my safety glasses, a two-foot level, calipers, et cetera, in such a small-ass space? I eventually <laughs> stumble across whatever, whatever it was while I was looking for it um, for something that got stuck into the abyss. Why, why, why? You guys lose stuff? <laughs> I'm terrible, terrible. I can have something in my hand um, even you know in the kitchen anywhere. Anywhere, I can have a conversation, turn around, and I can't see it. And I think it's one of those, even, <laughs> I think it's my eyes. It's even one of those things where like, I'll say to my wife, where is, you know, a certain piece of food or whatever? She'll say, oh, it's in the fridge. I'm like, I can stand at the fridge for 20 minutes looking. No, def definitely not there, I'll say. <laughs> and she'll come out within three seconds. There it is, right in front of Infuriating. you. Infuriating. Um, it's, yeah, I'm the worst at it. I'm, I'm losing my car keys, like, all of the time. Every time I go somewhere oh, to somebody's house, they're like, I'm like, and as I'm leaving, I'm like, if I put my keys down, I can't find my keys. They're all looking for my keys. Oh, I'm the worst. The absolute Hillary worst. Hillary gets so mad. She doesn't get mad, She, but she knows that I'll, I'll say, Hill, and she'll make that, she'll say that. What did you, what, what, Hill, what did you, <laughs> every time I, I can't find my, it's my keys or something like that. Hill, where did you, I didn't put it anywhere. I didn't put it anywhere. Stop blaming me. 
Yeah, and in the yes. shop, forget it. It's like you you just – one thing is, is I've really tried to do. I have shit – I don't have shit laying out everywhere, but I try to keep all this non-knife-making stuff out of the shop. No snow blowers, mm-hmm. no bullshit. I hate looking for something. Sometimes I'm pacing the shop looking for something that I just put down, and yeah. it's infuriating. I, I, Where did you see it last, <laughs> Jeff? Yeah, David. I, some David will see me, you know, pacing back and forth. He's like, "What, what, are, you, what are you looking for?" I'm like, and then he'll. As soon as he starts looking, I get furious at myself, and I say to him, "Don't. You're not allowed to look because it's my problem, and I don't need you to help me with my problems." So. <laughs> I get mad. I was just like, God, I can't have the whole shop looking for fucking something I forgot or lost. Annoying. Mm, a pencil. Or yeah, something. it's yeah. Just like you know, scribe one, and all of a sudden we're turning the whole shop apart for it. I hate that. Uh, yeah, I I really struggle with keeping my shop organized, but I will say, I have, uh, I think I have like three def- uh, different like drop points. If I'm walking around with stuff in my hands, I need to set them down. I at least try to set it down in one of those three spots. So I have three different areas or three different drop zones that if I can't find something, it's very likely it's in one of those three places versus being, because it used to be a problem where I would just mindlessly have something in my hand and be like, oh, I don't need that anymore. And I'll just randomly set it mm-hmm. down somewhere or might not, it, it mindlessly set it down. But it, but the problem is, the same problem you guys are describing is like where the fuck did it go where like i wasn't thinking about it when i set it down and now i have no memory of where it's at um yeah. so i i i knew that that was not something that was probably going to change about me so i i i tried to restrict the different areas that i would set stuff down in so the different spots in my shop like i have kind of like a clean work area uh, i have the grinding room and then i have another like standing countertop uh, area and those I those are the three spots I spend the most time in. Those are the three areas they have like a little designated like one foot by one foot spot where I just drop shit. The drop zone. The drop zone. Nice. I just drop shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. Um, any other? Yes, Jeff? we have one from Hopwood Goods. Hopwood Goods. Hi, uh, y'all. Looking for a why me? Why me? Why does this always happen to me? Then please tell me why. Why is it always me that when I'm starting to profile my knife blanks and I need to change the cutoff disc on the angle grinder, I can never find the stupid wrench to do so. (laughs) That little shit even even has to have a dedicated place on the tool wall, and it's never, ever there. I end up using a pipe wrench or something else to get it done. And I find that the original wrench in most random places when I've done profiling – why does this always happen to me? Cheers, Jonathan. Tie it to the cord. Jonathan, tie from... it to the cord. So it's always attached to the tool. You know those goddamn like two nipple jobs, whatever they're called. Yeah, those things. Terrible. I yeah. th- hate them worse than anything. They'll slip off, and you'll catch your knuckles on something every time. What are some of the craziest ways you have tried to unlock your angle oh. grinder? <laughs> I have some crazy. Uh, let's do crazy ways. Grips. New bit. Yeah. Crazy yeah. ways. You've <laughs> yeah. unlocked your angle grinder because I have like three crazy ways. Uh, pipe grips are the classic, yep. I think. Um, yeah, a wrench, all those kinds of things. Um, you have yeah, any crazy ways that you've undone uh, a a right angle grinder, Marco? Uh, probably the most OSHA non-approved way is uh, doing it by hand. 
Um, I always make sure the things unplug though. <laughs> yeah, it's a good move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I actually I struggle with keeping that wrench, and I, I I swear to God, I have three of them somewhere in the shop. I don't know where any of them are, so I actually only hand tighten, um, the stuff down so that I can just live it on the edge. So I can just no, take it right back off by hand. That's the way. I mean, hand tightening is the way. You don't have to like go crazy but all those goddamn companies all have different ones and it's just like you Hmm. sons of bitches none of it's standard but the the the, but the thread is standard yeah so the probably the the hardest time i ever had getting something off my ankle grinder was actually like a seven and a half inch or nine inch ankle grinder i had one of those big giant grinding cups uh which are these like massive four and a half five yeah, it's a fucking rock. Yeah. Five inch wide circle of silicon carbide abrasive. And um they're one, they're super heavy, but they because they're so heavy in, in the it just they get locked on so right. in such a gnarly way. And the only way they take them off is by hand. They don't have a little thing on the bottom and they just slide off. They're threaded on there, they're tight as fuck. So one time I had to use my post vise and clamped it in the post vise and you know, I got one hand at the end of the angle grinder and I got the other one pushing the button down to lock the thing in place and I'm just cranking on it and I swear to God, I'm I'm amazed I didn't break the fucking thing. Uh, but mm. both the, the rock and the angle grinder made it out of it, but that was not the fun. I've done the, the vice fun. a couple times. I've done the vice. I've probably done the vice in the past two weeks where you oh, yeah. vice up, you vice up the little nut and you give it a punch and you curse yeah. a little bit. Sometimes you have to do the... Uh, you know, unplug it. You get your welding glove on. You hold the disc. Yep. You hold the button, and then you and then you kegel. Use your kegel muscles, and you just go <laughs> fuck. And, you, and, you, and then sometimes it'll open up. Yeah, you clench the gooch. Next time, yeah, you clench the gooch. Next time you take off that little locking nut thing, um, take it to the grinder and just put two flats on it, on opposite sides. Um, so then you could always put a wrench on it. If I will be. tell you the most annoying grinder I ever had. I and I am a I am dying the wool. I love the company Porter Cable, and the reasoning is is what? I love Porter Cable. I think Porter Cable makes. Is, I think in general, it's a company. I've I've bought yeah. tools from Porter Cable for years. Okay, they sold a grinder with a different sized thread arbor. Oh shit! Tiny one, not a five eighths. No. Like a fucking dumb, you know, like a little one, little tiny one. You can't really do anything with them. You know, you can't, they're not yeah. standard at all. They came with two wrenches, two wrenches. One was so thin and so tiny that you couldn't use a regular wrench from your toolkit, you know, like a regular wrench. You, it was yeah. so specific. And the problem was there was no locking nut. So if you lost the wrench, you're out. Like, you can't get the goddamn thing off. And I and you, there's no locking nut. So it was a two-wrench situation. So you could use a regular wrench on the top, and then you're holding the... Sorry, Craig, come on. Come, cut, cut, cut it out. So you're holding, you're holding the, the little wrench, and then you're trying to wrench it off with the... And if you lose the little wrench, fucking thing's ruined. You can't, you can't, make, mm. you can't make a wrench. You have to grind a wrench down to get the goddamn thing off. That was, that's infuriating. I find in most of these why me, why me's, um, it applies to everyone. <laughs> They're the problems that everybody has, but we all think, why is it just Dude, me? Yeah. The right angle grinder community, God bless you, but it is a cursed, it's a cursed community. 
It's a cursed <laughs> community. The right angle grinder might be the might the might right angle grinders. We years ago we were started talking about the right angle right angle grinder pound for pound, dollar for dollar, best buy you can have, and the worst at the same time. Bang! There is no helpful, inexpensive, and infuriating piece of equipment like a right angle grinder. There isn't. <laughs> It's yeah, the it's yeah. the it's the it hits all the marks all the marks. God bless you, right angle grinder community. You're a cursed community. There you go. Okay, okay. Uh, now it's probably the time to tell everybody about Indasa Rhinoet because we all use it, we all love it. Uh, it's the best sandpaper out there. Um, it's going to save you time, save you money, and all the rest of it. Um, comes in a bunch of different grits, everything you could possibly need, um, and they sell it at Texas Fire Supply. TexasFarriersupply.com as well as in Dasa Rhinoet, they sell everything else you could possibly need, whether you're a farrier or a knife maker, whatever you may call yourself. They've got it all that you need. Um, go to sorry, go to TexasFarriersupply.com, fill up your cart, and use Knife Talk Ten to get ten percent off your order. However too. you identify, however you identify, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're a very progressive podcast here. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Okay, let's do a couple of questions and get out of here. We still we still here. have the reverse lump, the reverse lump at the end. We have to all tell a, a spicy story that we're not supposed to tell. Oh, geez, yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. The oh, reverse the lump. Spicy story we're not supposed to tell. Right. Something that we haven't told before that we're probably going to get in trouble for. That's how we're going to reverse the lump. <laughs> I still haven't been able to think of anything. Well, you better start thinking about all episodes. I mean, I'm thinking about it. You can, you know gotta be we have to we owe the listener a reverse lump all right back to questions okay uh where are we plumly knives um got a question for you guys i've noticed some of these big name guys with giant surface grinder machines is there a benefit to having one of these over an attachment from a grinder company or were these what they used before the attachments were created uh thanks again guys okay so he's talking about the dedicated uh, big surface grinder machines. A lot of them would come with stones, and they've now been converted to belts sure. and all that kind of thing. Is there a benefit to that over one of these attachment arms, which, like for example, Broadback now sell, uh, which are fantastic, and they just convert your grinder into a into a surface grinder? Um, any benefit to that? Um, they may have longer travel if you're doing big sort of swords or something. Maybe um, that's the only benefit I could see, really. I mean, some of them you can set up to run automatically with a certain feed rate and drop rate. And if you're doing a yeah. lot of surfacing and flattening of things, that's great. But if you're not, then they're not. I mean, they're they're big, expensive machines that take up a lot of space. Um, I had one, and I left it at Dragon's Breath because I literally never used it in the six years I owned it. Um, mm. So... That's, so if you're using it like a, like a thicknesser to, to get right. to a certain thickness, as opposed to like for knives generally, we're just taking yeah. the surface and getting a good finish on the surface. Yeah, yeah. and Love and the, because they're uh, if you're doing like really high precision work, like you're doing folders or something like that, <clears throat> then having a larger surface grinder like that, especially running off stones, is great because because it's a lot larger, it's a lot more rigid, it's a lot more precise. Um, the surface grinder attachments that we work with are pretty damn good. Um, but it's definitely not the same. It's not going to replace a whole dedicated machine. But yeah. it 
if you don't use it that much or don't need that high, extremely high level of precision, they don't really make sense. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Okay. Next, David Logan Bill says, "Do any of the hosts stabilize their own wood? I have a fairly cheap setup and was wondering how I could best upgrade. I recently cracked my acrylic lid at around twenty-five bars. This is you guys, not me. I don't know anything about stabilizing. I stabilize um, quite rarely, um, but probably you know a few times a year, I suppose. Um, I stabilize a load at once." Um, I've got a fairly cheap setup too. Um, it seems to do the job. Um, I think a, a Jeff will tell you because I basically learned from Jeff that let things soak, soak for a long, long time. The long soak and the short suck, I think, is uh, Jeff. No, it's, I said it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. There's an expression. There's an. Ex- there's a. There's a key. It's long, dry, deep soak, big suck. <laughs> Deep soak. No, that's what. No, and rip off the knob. And rip off the knob. (laughs) That's it. You gotta wait, wait, wait. Craig, grab that one. I'm grab that sounder. We're gonna do it right. Say it again. Go on. Say it again. Hold on. Leave me in. Big dry. Deep suck. Long soap. Soak. Ah, fuck. Let me do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Big dry. Deep suck. Long soak. Big dry. Tune it in. Turn it up and rip off the knobs. <laughs> I'm so so fucking foolish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've changed the way yeah. I do it a little bit. Really, but I, I think that's the main thing, is that let it soak. Let it really, really soak in. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's no harm in doing it multiple times either. Well, so, yeah. I've noticed a big difference when I like right now, I just put some uh, wood in. I'm going to be doing a small batch of of bull elks, and I wanted to get some more uh, uh, walnut squared away. So I dried it out, and then I leave it soaked without turning the vacuum on uh, under the resin for like a week before I even start. And I notice a huge mm. difference that when I start the vacuum, then when I go for the deep suck. <laughs> when I go for the, when I go for the deep suck, there's not as many bubbles. There's not as many. All right, all right, all right. You don't have to make. That's not me. You don't have to. You, there's not as many bubbles. So if you do an initial deep, if you do initial deep soak, then when you then you there's less air in there. Then. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I, I've noticed it. So I actually, uh, I'll if I try to when I try to do stabilizing, and I learned this from Toby Morell. Uh, UK Knife Supplies, who also has the very funny um, podcast called uh, Fire and Steel Podcast with Honor Kagler. He did a whole episode about it, and he was just saying the most important thing is to really take your time. I used to you know, try to rush it, but it takes so long. It's better to just like do it and give it as much time as possible. And I've had, I've had good results in general, but that's the real deep soak is the is 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 a, without any vacuum is almost as important as anything else yeah yeah and i've got like um i i just made this like little lid thing to stop things from floating up over the surface um because obviously when you put the wood in first it'll float and i find if you let it soak for long enough it will just sort of sink to the bottom anyway because all that air will let literally just be filled up with the resin before you put any 
you know, big suck in, as yeah. we say. Um, so, yeah, just take your time. Um, but with regards to um, cracking lids, he says acrylic lid. I mean, the one I've got uses a, a quite a thick glass lid. Um, so maybe you'd be better off with glass. I don't know. But um, okay. Well, I mean, you know, you can get them. You can get them from uh, whoever you, the guy who makes uh, – whatchamacallit, cactus, cactus juice has chambers, and they're not that expensive. And you might as well just get one mm. with a, it's got like a rubber gasket and stuff like that. But, um. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shall we call it a well, day? We, yes. We'll go to the after show where we have to do the lump reverse. We will do. We will do. Right. Thank you for listening. I'm up for, I'm up for a bath, or as I now call it, a deep soak in a short sack. <laughs> I shall see you later. <laughs> This show is brought to you by the maker. Ah, childish, this, aren't we? You know what? Very childish. Of course we are. But listen, this already this episode was already the reverse lump. This was the this was a very good show, by the way. Number one, That's yeah. Pretty good. And um, yeah. so now is your chance. Everyone has to say something that they wouldn't normally say to break the reverse make the reverse lump specials for our listeners reveal something that could get you in trouble reveal something that you wouldn't normally yeah you know listen you, you know you know we got to give these people something spicy to make up for the fact that we were a, a week late mm. so give them some good shit I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. Okay, okay. It's not not so much spicy, but it's something that my wife will kill me for oh, saying. Oh, jeez. Okay, great. Um, we mentioned in the past that we'd been writing a sitcom, my wife and I, um, and called This Town, which is why the song was written and we went on to record and all the rest of it. Um, things have taken a turn this week where we've been chatting to uh, quite a big time producer. Um, we had a Zoom call just yesterday. Um, and Buddy, <laughs> my son here, was sick everywhere. He was still awake, so we had, we had him on our lap as we we're doing this 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 chat with this big time producer. And um, he just, yeah, he just was sick everywhere, throwing everywhere. up in the middle of the meeting. Wasn't throwing up in the middle of the yeah, that wasn't the best. But um, but yeah, so things are moving with that. So my wife would kill me for telling people that because we, I've been sworn to secrecy. But yeah, things are are moving. There, that's so a reverse. Mm. That's the reverse That's lump spicy news for our listeners. That's a good one. Mm. Yes, yes. Morocco. What have you got? What do you got? Uh, I can't think of anything really. I mean, nothing spicy. Well, something that you you know maybe you shouldn't have said. Maybe you shouldn't say. <laughs> uh, something that you well, something that you I have going to be doing soon. Maybe that you could sort of leak out. Mm, something I'll be doing soon that I leak out. Or tell us something, you know, you were in Hawaii and something about, you know, that the Neil did that was like, all right, well, he puts, uh, you know. So you're in Neil's <laughs> house. You're in his spare room. You open up the bedside drawer and what did you find? You know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, come know? on, spicy. I was sleeping on the couch. I really can't think of anything. There's nothing spicy. Nothing sp- I don't have any gossip. I think that's my problem. I don't. I don't do gossip. Well, this is we're we're, we're we're repenting, we're repenting. This I understand repenting. we're trying to repent. Why don't you go and I'll try to think. All of, right, of if you ask, I shall receive. I shall. If you ask, I shall whatever. All right, deliver. So a couple said, of months, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a group text with my crew of the Modern Forge, Cliff Dufton, Jesse Savage, 
and John Ariani. And I guess, I, sh- I probably shouldn't say this, but Forge and Fire reached out to us about the Modern Forge being on that goddamn show. As a team. Oh. As a team. As a team. Right. I got an email asking if I'd like to be- form a team, too. And I was just like, they sent no. a, They sent us a John a thing, and John wrote to us, what do you think? And we all... You should do it. You yeah, should do you it. You know what? This, all of us are busy. And it, we're not, we all were like, show us the money. So I am saying, so we were all like, fuck no. I mean, we were just like, we don't have time for this. We don't have time. To, we got like fucking things to do. How, how much time is it going to take you? Do you think I need to days? be, you think we need to be on for, you know, so we got to, we, we have to stop our lives for some nonsense that we're not going to pay us for, think for what, all. for what, ex, for what exposure? the fuck out of here man what exposure it's the, the experience, the experience. i got paid I mean, you'd have a good time who's gonna pay buddies? for you'd who's a... gonna pay the overhead of this place oh. who's gonna pay for the overhead? see that's the thing about these goddamn shows it's fear it's all it's fear holding you oh back. yeah i'm terrified I, listen to me <laughs> listen to me I, and i'll say this to you and i'll say this to forge and fire if they're listening you would we i can guarantee you and we will promote the shit out of it on knife talk and full blast and all these things and, 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 and you got to pay these people. You got to pay these people you ask. The, you, you show these people some fucking respect. But I mean, C- Cliff's got a job. John's got a job and a couple kids. You know, Jesse's got a job. I got a job. Fucking compensate us. You know, so we're just like you know. Like, that, is a, that is a that is a fair point. That is I mean, a fair point. you know, I would love to see you guys I, on it. Though. Listen, if the Modern Forge team was on Forge and Fire, we would number one. We might not win, but we will make it a good show. That's number two one. We'll make it a fucking great show, like the show of shows. We might not win, but it'll be good. You gotta fucking compensate us. We have bills to pay and experience, and this promotion doesn't. It's not enough. It's not enough. No. Listeners, listeners, find out who you need to tweet. Who you don't, need to Instagram. don't forget. Don't tell them this. You needs need to, to pay. Happen. This needs you, to happen. No, don't. You need to, I mean, now it's probably. I mean, we didn't sign any NDAs, so we didn't sign anything. I mean, we. I mean, just the fact where well, I'm probably not supposed to talk about this, but I didn't sign shit. You didn't, didn't fucking yeah. do anything. Once again, show me the money because I mean, and it's not like I'm trying to be an asshole about it. It's not. It's not like I'm just too big for it. But I mean. What happens if I go away for two weeks and all of a sudden I get this message? Hey, listen, we had to shut the power off. <laughs> or, 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 you know, David's just like, well, where's my payroll? Or are we, am I getting paid this week? I can't do that. I got responsibilities. These motherfuckers need mm. to know. Mm. So, is it uh, realistically, if you were to do it, right? Let's, okay, let's, let's put everything um, else aside. I'm with you. What would it require? Well, you say two weeks. I mean, sure Morocco, like you said weeks, you said when you were on it, it was like two weeks, right? Of your uh, life. Yes. Right. Two solid weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know wow. it's. Wow. I know for a fact that it's at least four or five days. Okay. All right. And, okay. and that's, that's including that's if you not if you didn't get in it. You know. Yeah. And it's oh, wow. like okay. you know, frankly, it's a big commitment. It's a big commitment, and, mm. and um, I'm, I am a huge fan of anyone who goes on that show. I, all I'm advocating for is for the contestants. I'm advocating for the contestants because, once again, you know, sometimes, you know, you ho- you're hoping for this to turn into something. And yeah. that's just 
you know, not the case. I mean, listen. It's not it, the case. It's not the case. And they make – here's the problem. Here's my problem. Go ahead. Is they make millions of dollars from advertising. They can't afford to pay a reasonable compensation for the fucking contestants. It's obnoxious. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And the whole advertising thing is bullshit. Yeah. I know – I know – they've had hundreds, I, I believe at least a couple hundred – competitors on that show it has only changed the lives of maybe five maybe yeah like who maybe. whose life changed well neil neil was a big well, one well but you know what here's the here's yeah, the thing yeah. neil also leaned into it you know yeah, it was it sure. was i mean neil is also he's charismatic he has his business sense and he really leaned into it so i mean that's he's kind of a different situation but i mean it's like no one was obs- plucked out of obscurity and then made to be somebody you know famous just from being on the show i i just i i am a fan of the show i i personally believe that it's only been helpful to metalworking in general but Mm. at this point in time you know i mean i'm just also this is also a bit you know we have to entertain you motherfuckers for an hour and a half and i (laughs) i needed a bit and i needed to reverse the fucking i need to reverse the lump and you know it would be fun. I mean, it would be hard. It would be hard as I mean, it, if 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 Jesse and Cliff and John and I didn't have anything to do, and we didn't have any, you know, if we had nothing else to do, we would probably do it. You know, if we had, no, you know, everything was taken away from us, and we didn't have any responsibilities. Yeah, we'd go in there. We'd be like cursing up a storm. They'd be bleep, bleep, bleeping us every five seconds. It would be <laughs> hilarious. You know, John would beat the brakes off of Cliff, and then Cliff would say something, and then Jesse with that mustache would shake his head, and then I would say something <laughs> absurd, and it would be funny. I mean, we would be it would be a great show. It's just it's too you know it's too hard. Yeah, yeah. What's it gonna take? What's it going to? How how deep would they have to? I mean, uh, they wouldn't have to go that deep. I mean, I would have to. They'd have to cover expenses, you know, of like closing mm-hmm. the shop down. That's that. See, that's that's the hardest part. Is like, you know, I don't want, I don't want to like tell tell my crew, all right, you're taking your forced two weeks off. Like, I'm doing that. I got that. They have families yeah. too. It's like, you know, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. good, right? It was pretty spicy. I'm probably getting in trouble. That was pretty spicy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be. It would be good. I mean, and and P- P- P.S. Good. I'd love P.S. to see it. Yeah. P.S. We would wipe the floors. We'd wipe the floors. P.S. <laughs> wipe the floors. The and yeah. knife talk would fucking promote the shit out of it. But no, look, you know how yeah. it is. No, we would. We, we would, lose. would. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Nothing spicy. Okay. Miracle so last chance for glory. Oh, god. I, I'm. I mean, the only thing I can really think of is. And I don't want to. <laughs> I wish it was about me, but because uh, I could disparage myself all day. But I, I'm worried about disparaging somebody else. Um, and maybe I can just not mention their name. Don't mention but... their names. Perfect. <laughs> um, this maker is very well known as a a forger of some of the best cooking knives that are sold in the world. We know who you Don't say a word. <laughs> Don't say a word, Craig. Let him finish. He forges steel, makes Damascus, but I never once saw him forge a single blade. Ever. Spicy. Spicy. So That's all I got to say. That's a per- leave it there. 
<laughs> you did a good job. That's the fucking reverse lump right there. You did a good job. <laughs> you did a good job. That's how you fucking finish the reverse lump. There we go. Fuck. There we go. What are we all up to this week? Let's change things quickly. What are we up to? <laughs> Anything planned? Any big plans? This is a. F- I, I just did a, uh, an article with uh, my friend Julia Sexton, and uh, that's going to be coming out soon. And, oh, and the edible. And, yeah, we we did a funny episode. It's gonna be Hudson, Ed, right? Hudson. It's either Hudson Edible, Manhattan Edible, Brooklyn Edible, some one of the edibles. Okay. And it's funny because she said to me, "Listen, you know, you don't want to do it. We got to do it. We have to talk about art and knife making." And I'm just like, "Oh, you fucker!" So I had a I had to do a whole thing about art and knife making, <laughs> and I'm so and I, and I just and I burned bridges. I burned bridges in the art world. <laughs> when this article comes out, anyone who knows me in this area who is involved with the art world. Their bridges burned. Bridges burned. I said some inflammatory things. So I'm very lo- – and I did not burn the, the knife-making community. I talked about how wonderful the knife-making community is. The art, ma- the art community burned to the ground. I'll never get into this gallery. There's a, there's a museum and a gallery. Never again. They won't even let me in the they – they won't even send me membership mail messages. Burned to the ground. Yeah. Um, nice. And then I have to do all the. I have to do a, two newsletters for AZ. AZ's hounding me for newsletters, and we're going to drop first week of uh, February. We're we're releasing the first new knife from the Cosmic Drift shop. So excited about that! Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, Morocco, anything um, happening this week? Yeah, I. So uh, the day that this comes out uh, on Monday, I have an auction. I'm auctioning oh. a knife. It's a collaboration piece between myself uh, and my friend Dan Bittinger. Um, he's a very talented maker who only lives a couple hours north of me, and uh, he's doing some really great work. And uh, it was a blade that I had forged. I, so I made the steel. I forged the blade. Um, I heat treated the blade uh, and did a little bit of light grinding on it. But really, I sent it his way to work his magic. He does a really cool uh, S-grind, B-grind kind of situation. Uh, and he also um, did the handle sculpting. And so we're going to be selling that piece on the 30th um i also have uh let's see the, it's almost the end of the month so i i, I want to encourage people if you've been thinking about joining the patreon do it now because i have a deal going for the end of the month or through the end of the month where um if you join at the 15 dollar level you get a free calendar and you get access to the patreon um you'll get access to both actually the patreon's got this new thing where the billing cycles um on the on the day that the person joins so you'll actually get january and february um and you'll have access to the q a's i just interviewed fingal so that one's passed but i got the private q a coming up uh on monday and then uh and then you'll have access to february stuff too so get in there and get it uh while you can because the the calendars are 25 bucks if you just buy them straight off the the website but if you just go to the patreon and spend 15 we're going to get you a free calendar and you get access to all the Patreon stuff. So I appreciate everybody who's already supported uh, in that way already. And I just want to give one last reminder to people that that's available. Uh, and then it's gone. It's gone. Nice. Nice. Um, well, I'm hoping I don't kill myself this week. Oh. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm laboring for one of our builders this week on, on the barn, oh, which boy. I'm converted into a studio here. Um, we're, we're doing the ceiling part of the barn now. And um, it's 28 foot high, this okay. barn. It's super, super high. 
and um, we've obviously had to try and soundproof as much as possible. Um, so now we're putting the uh, drywall, as you'd call it, on top of all the insulation, but 28 foot up. And he's like, I can't do this on my own. I said, well, I'll, I'll give you a hand, I suppose. So we've hired like a big like scissor lift and all that right, kind of yeah, stuff. So it's going to be fun. But um, fun's not usually yeah, 28 foot up high. Use. No, For drywalling it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be pretty shaky. It's going to be shaky. So <laughs> we, just hope we I'm need alive. Picks. We I'm need alive picks. for this time next week. We need yeah. Craig drywall. Craig in the on the sizzle. Drywall. Yeah. Oh yes. What do you guys yeah. call it over there? What you don't call it drywall or sheetrock? Um, pussy board. Sheetrock or plasterboard. Oh, plasterboard. I thought yeah. you called it pussy yeah. board. Pussy board. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, we've gone to town. This this whole studio. So there's uh, basically we'll have one sheet of drywall, as you call it. Um, then we've got six inches of insulation, another sheet of drywall, drywall, six inches of insulation, then two layers of drywall with this green glue Jesus. stuff. So putting the two together. So these walls are like 18 inches thick, you know? It's Holy crazy. Mackerel. That is intense. Um, that's, it's, that's insane. It is. It is. But it's sound, you know, it's, it's, you've got to be careful. So you're going to be yes, hosting. It's crazy. The, band, the band's going to be in there, right? Is that what that's about? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so there's going to be a, you know, it's a standard sort of control room, as you'd have in the studio with the desk and all the rest of it, the mixing desk. And then we've got four panes of glass, so we have a window looking over into the, what's going to be the live room, which is the rehearsal room, basically. So there's four panes of glass there as well to stop any sound getting through the glass. It's, we've gone, like, extreme on it. Because at the end of the day, once you start, if you don't do a good enough job, you've got to rip it all back down to do it right, you know? Christ. So it's got to be done right first time. Wow. Um so yeah, like the doors we've got are like super, super heavy, these doors, and they like they're airtight and all the rest of it. So we we've gone for it. But we've got to the point now in the live room part where we're doing the ceilings and um it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a job. Hell of a job. So yes, yeah, so we've hired this massive it's not quite a forklift, but it, you know, it's gonna be those scissor lift things, right. you know, it takes takes you up. Um so yeah, we've got to try and recreate all those layers of drywall and insulation up on the roof. So you're well. making so, yeah, your version be. of that famous studio that you were at of rockville well basically we really are um regards to the sort of the design of it and how it looks that's the look i'm going for as well so, so will you be, allow other bands to be. record there that's the move isn't it yeah yes, that's what you're trying that's to do the move. that's what you're trying exactly. to do exactly Lockfield. Yeah, yeah. You're going to so, call it Lockfield. Yeah, <laughs> Lockfield, yeah. <laughs> so we thought I, there's already a couple of, I mean, there's not much going on around here, but there's there's a couple of local bands anyway who, you know, we've chatted with and they're, they're keen to come in anyway. So, so yeah. So it's, it's, what are you going to yeah, call I'm, it? I'm just really enjoying enjoying the process. Uh, Shabby Road. Shabby Road. <laughs> Shabby Road. I like Shabby Road. <laughs> yeah, so this week, actually, I'm making a, because it's an old barn, um, there's there's a part of it which was like an open window where basically owls could get in and out and mm. I think it was to vent it was like in the hay loft it was like to vent so when the hay you know right. dries out there's fumes all the rest of it so I think it was to, to vent that so obviously we have to seal that so we've done sort of four layers of glass on that as well but on the final layer um, I'm making a stained glass so when the sun comes through it'll put all these like oh, nice. super colors and stuff so it's going to be a cathedral of rock it's right. you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's it's just been real fun to do, but so much more work than anybody thought possible. Like the builders never worked on anything like this before. You know, they normally you know, oh. drywall insulation, drywall done. Um, they're like, nope, we need to do another layer, and then we need to put another drywall on top again. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we've we've probably gone to town on it. So it's, it's yeah, Dang. it's cool. 
Dang indeed. I think that's a show. It's been a good reverse one. Reverse lump. The reverse lump. The reverse lump. <laughs> <laughs> so this is coming out on Monday. Um, and then midweek, I think maybe, we'll put out the other episode. The episode the before lump. this. So, we, we, yeah, it'll, yeah, the, the original lump. Yeah. The first lump is the deepest. <laughs> right. With that, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm off my, my long soaking deep sack, and we shall speak later. Bye for now. <laughs> this show is brought to you by The Makery. That was That'll fucking do. good. I'll do. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.